All right, so today, today is a big day. Today is a huge day. Today is a day like you have not had in a long time. I made it to the fantasy football finals. This is it. Today, Jeff Kyle is going down. This is it. And by the way, this is our last Sunday here too. That's good. So awesome. Great to see you today. Wow, what a great day. I'll tell you what, a whole bunch of people walking around here without their eyes open today. They're exhausted. All the work that's been going on over at the new place. You are going to, you're going to be blown away. You're going to be stunned. It's just amazing. It looks absolutely beautiful. I thought today we'd get started with an opening prayer, and we would start with a prayer that we've literally prayed for 20 years. Uh, it's from Psalm 90, words of Moses. I'll go ahead and read the, the regular letters, and if you would read the italicized ones, and we'll pray this to God together. Especially catch that first verse, okay? Because this is not our home. That place is not our home. Our Father in heaven is our true home. Let's pray. Lord, through all the generations, you have been our home. Before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the earth and the world, from beginning to end, you are God. Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. O oh Lord, come back to us. How long will you delay? Take pity on your servants. Satisfy us each morning with your unfailing love so we may sing with joy to the end of our days. Give us gladness in proportion to our former misery. Replace the evil years with good. Let us, your servants, see your work again. Let our children see your glory. And may the Lord our God show us his approval and make our efforts successful. Yes, make our efforts successful. Let's stand and sing to our Savior.
stars in the sky look down where he lay the little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay be near me Lord Jesus I ask thee to stay close by me forever and love me I pray bless all the dear children in thy tender care and take us to heaven to live with thee While we join with literally a couple thousand years of believers in Jesus Christ to celebrate his birth, and part of the celebration that, that we carry on as a tradition, each of the four Sundays of Advent, is to hear a reading that prepares our minds and prepares our hearts for what's about to come, for the celebration of the birth of Jesus. This year we've been having our overseers and their families come and, and lead our Advent worship together, and today Bob and Stephanie Coyne are our leaders, just like everybody else. Bob and Stephanie aren't used to being on a platform all the time, so I know you will extend them a ton of grace. And uh, Bob loves doing this. He's just a big fan, so got to come all the way up, guys. There you go. Thank you so much. Good morning. Uh, I'm Bob. This is my wife, Stephanie. And Stephanie's going to start with a reading from Second Samuel. 2 Samuel 7, 1 through, 11, uh, 7, 1 through 11. God's covenant with David. When King David was settled in his palace and the Lord had given him rest from all the surrounding enemies, the king summoned Nathan the prophet. Look, David said, 
I am living in a beautiful cedar palace, but the ark of God is out there in a tent. Nathan replied to the king, Go ahead and do whatever you have in mind, for the Lord is with you. But that same night the Lord said to Nathan, Go and tell my servant David, this is what the Lord has declared. Are you the one to build a house for me to live in? I have never lived in a house from the day I brought the Israelites out of Egypt until this very day. I have always moved from one place to another with a tent and a tabernacle as my dwelling. Yet no matter where I have gone with the Israelites, I have never once complained to the Israel's tribal leaders, the shepherds of my people Israel. I have never asked them, why haven't you built me a beautiful cedar house? Now go and say to my servant David, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies has declared. I took you from tending sheep in the pasture and selected you to be the leader of my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have destroyed all your enemies before your eyes. Now I will make your name as famous as anyone who has ever lived on the earth. And I will provide a homeland for my people Israel, planting them in a secure place where they will never be disturbed. Evil nations won't oppress them as they have done in the past, starting from the time I appointed judges to rule my people Israel. And I will give you rest from all your enemies. Furthermore, the Lord declares that he will make a house for you, a dynasty of kings. And I have the Advent reading. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And that's found in Luke 1, verse 38a. Most of us don't think indifference is a positive characteristic. In fact, we tend to associate it with apathy or laziness. However, in the spiritual life, indifference can be a very positive term, one that is rich with spiritual significance. When we pray the prayer of indifference, we are effectively saying, I am indifferent to anything but God's will. We are saying we want God's will more than we want our own comfort or safety, more than ego gratification or keeping up appearances, more than our own pleasure, more than whatever it is we think we want. It is a state of wide openness to God in which we are free from undue attachments and have the capacity to relinquish whatever might keep us from choosing for God and for love. Mary's response to the angel's announcement about what would take place in her life was a true prayer of indifference. She expressed a profound readiness to set aside her personal concerns in order to participate in the will of God. She said yes to God with a courage that opened her utterly to the coming of Christ into her body and into her life. There are actually two aspects to this prayer. There is the prayer for indifference in which we are open to the gift by asking for something we do not yet have. And then, and then there is the prayer of indifference, which is the answer to that prayer. The ability to say, in truth, I am indifferent to anything but the will of God. The prayer of indifference carries us across the threshold between two worlds, from the world of human will and action to a world in which we are participants in the divine will that has already been set into motion. As the Advent season deepens and we journey ever closer to, the, to this fullness in time, may, we, may our preparations for the coming of Christ include the prayer to be made indifferent to anything but the will of God. Mary's prayer shows us the way.
Thanks, Bob and Seth. Indifference. As the reading said, most people don't think of being indifferent as a positive characteristic. But when it comes to the will of God, what do we pray? May it be with me according to your word. Whatever you desire, God, that's my desire. So let me uh, bring to the screen a prayer for you. This is a, a prayer that you might find yourself praying, certainly one that we need to pray as a church as we're moving into the next season of our ministry together. We pray, Father, I abandon myself into your hands. Do with me what you will. It's not an easy prayer to pray, is it? Do with me what you will. We've got designs and plans for our lives, but God has better designs and plans. Father, I abandon myself into your hands. Do with me what you will. Whatever you may do, I thank you. I am ready for all. I accept all. Let only your will be done in me and in all your creatures. I wish no more than this, O Lord. Into your hands I commend my soul. I offer it to you with all the love of my heart. For I love you, Lord, and so need to give myself, to surrender myself into your hands without reservation and with boundless confidence. For you are my Father. Amen. I'm just going to leave that on the screen for a moment and give you a moment to be quiet with God. Maybe there is a line that you just need to pray to him right now, or more than a line, one that says, God, I'm ready for you to have control of my life. I'm indifferent in this sense. Whatever you desire, I desire it as well. Father, it is a difficult prayer to pray, but an important one as well. As we realize that you created us, you brought us here for a purpose, you know that purpose and you direct us in finding it. And so, God, whatever you desire, we place our souls in your hands. Have your way, have your will. May it be with us according to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Bob and Stephanie were here just a couple moments ago, and you know I've thought a lot about what to say in these last few moments that we have in this building. And part of it, I just thought we could spend the whole morning doing thank yous, because there are so many people to thank for this season. Uh, we're going to do that, but we're not going to do all of that this morning. But I think if we did a representative thank you today, it would be to Bob Coyne. From day one, Bob was willing to take his truck, hitch our trailer to it, and drive it week after week after week. He's had several different partners along the way to drive trailer number two, but he has been the one week after week after week that has brought our equipment here. We didn't have to worry if he was going to show up, and we are just grateful. Even from before we left the old building, he was on fire for this thing. He was ready to go, and today, as that trailer pulls back one more time, he gets to cross the finish line as a representative for all of us. Every Sunday, he and Jason or whoever else has worked with him has worked just a little longer than the rest of us. We were all already to dinner, and he was driving that back to its home. So I'm not going to make him stand because it would mortify him. 
Uh, it really would. But as a representative of everyone that's been involved in setting up and tearing down and making coffee and everything else throughout this time, I'd love for you to just go ahead and say thank you right now. Would you do that? So, a couple weeks ago, I got to spend some time with the Joliet West football team, show them how to get on to their next championship. And it's through weightlifting, lifting very, very, very large rocks. They got to lift three large rocks for us, one that says First Swedish Baptist Church on it. I don't know how you do it. It's something like Ordy, Flordy, Nordy, Dordy. It said something like that on it, okay? And then there are two others, one that has the architect's name who built our building and the other, the cornerstone with the date. And there was some uh, work to do to get it, but ultimately those three stones landed on our property. We finally have uh, possession of them. And that football team helped to move them, the human cranes, and we were grateful for them because there's no way I could have done it on my own. When they tore down our, la- our oldest building last December, the one that was built in, in the 1800s, uh, inside the stone, they found some things that our forefathers and foremothers left for us. They found, this is not a great day to not have a headset. They found this box and apparently did not take great, I think they were hoping to find gold coins or something because they did a number on it, this uh, this copper box, and inside there were some things for us, messages from the past, things that told us what was important to them and what should be important to us. Unfortunately, it was not a water-sealed box, so some of the things have, uh, have seen better days. But on the inside, one of the things that we found was a Bible. Yeah, a Bible. A Bible in Swedish that did spend a little time on its back getting wet, but it's a Bible that if somebody were able to speak Swedish today, they could read to us. Beautiful little Bible on the inside. And then there were some newspapers. I'm guessing these are the forerunner to the Herald News. They're small. I opened one up this morning. Here, I'm going to put this down. On the front of this particular paper, we read an article that tells us about President McKinley spending some time in Cleveland. It is dated June 30th, 1893. The Joliet, uh, it's just called The News, Joliet, Illinois. So they claim to be the the best paper south of Chicago or something like that. But anyway, so we had that. We had some other papers that I cannot get open without damaging them. They're not made of the same kind of paper, and they're all in Swedish, so couldn't read them anyway, but they're pretty cool. And then, on top of everything else, there's a letter. And again, unfortunately, I don't speak Swedish. I recognize a couple of names in there. I recognize uh, the pastor's name. I recognize something that looks like they spent eighty four ninety five. I'm not. I'm sure that's not what that's all about. But anyway, um, a letter that lists some names and uh, some history. We're going to have to get that translated and find out what they were saying to us. 
But as I looked at this, I, I kind of thought, I wonder when they put this box into that stone, I wonder if they wondered, who's going to look at this in the future? When is this going to get opened up? When are they going to get to peek inside and see what we placed in here uh, in 1890s? And what's the message of that box? What are we supposed to learn from it? Because we're about to move into a new building that I don't know if it'll last over 100 years like that one did. But we're about to move into a new home. And there are some messages that we would love to send to people 100 years plus later. As I looked at this box, I realized two things that have remained consistent about our church from its founding in 1881. Two things that we've always got to hold hand in hand. One, of course, is the word of God. That we need to remain faithful to God's word. They were faithful to God's word, and we try to remain faithful to God's word. Here's the fact. The message never changes. It never changes ever changes. It always remains the same. Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so is the message that we're to declare to the world. At the same time, they gave us a newspaper, a newspaper that they would have called current events (laughs) that are not quite so current anymore. And it reminds us that while we have a timeless message and we're to share that timeless message, We find ourselves in a changing culture. New people come and go. New ideas come and go. New ways of doing things come and go. And when I look at these two pieces, hand in hand, the one and the other, it brings us back to something that has really been a theme for us for at least 20 years and probably a lot longer than that. And that is that the message never changes. The methods always change. The message never changes. We remain faithful and loyal to the message that Jesus Christ has given to us. But we've always got to be looking for ways to make sure that the methods that we use continue to remain relevant, that they speak to our generation, that that our generation hears what we're saying. And so we've done simple things like have a Bible that we read that's written in American English so that a person can understand it. Sing songs that relate to the modern heart so that a person can relate and sing to Jesus in a way that expresses true love. As we were leaving the old building, we were trying to think through what, what do we want, what do we need to hold on to as we move through this season? You know, we would refer to this in many would as our wilderness season. If you look at Moses, the children of Israel, they head on out from Egypt into the wilderness and on off into the promised land. We wouldn't be the first church to use that analogy. I'm going to say to some degree, I feel a little guilty using that analogy. It's like using the analogy of World War II to, you know, and, and the experiences people had there to going to the DMV. I mean, you know, both, both are kind of torture in their own way, but certainly one was much harder than the other. And the wilderness experience of Israel was much more difficult and much longer than ours. And they spent 400 years in Egypt, and we just spent a short time here waiting to come into what we view to be our new promised land. Nonetheless, we learned some things. As as Moses is coming up to the very edge, 
the very edge of that promised land. He has some things that he says to the people. He's talking to them and he says, as you walk into that new promised land, as you walk into that place, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get some stone, some stone tablets and I want you to put clay over the front of them and I want you to write in, with your, write in, write in that clay all the commandments that I've given to you. I never want you to forget that. And he goes from chapter 27 and he keeps going on through chapter 30 just sharing with them all the things that they need to do. I love particular in chapter 30 where he spends time talking about the idea that the people have before them the opportunity to choose life or to choose death. They have the opportunity to do what God desires or to turn their back on God. And he just continues to repeat them to them. I wish, I hope, I prefer that you would choose life. Sadly, knowing that the people were probably not going to choose life. But he expresses that longing to them. And so as we look at their final steps before they cross that Jordan River, there's an instruction there for us. There's a lesson for us that as we move into this new house, we have the possibility before us of choosing life or of choosing death. And by death, I don't necessarily mean that the church would go away, but that we would cease being a true church of Jesus Christ. So what do we do? We always, always, always remain true to the message. We never forget it. No matter what language it might be written in, we always, always, always remain true to the message. And at the same time, we recognize that we are in a culture that continues to change, that the language continues to change. Do you realize that these people, if they had not changed their language in 1936, if they had not changed from Swedish to English, we would not be here. We need to continue to look for ways to speak a language that the people of our times hear, and at the same time, speaking a message that is straight from the mouth of God. So as we left the old building, another analogy we used was of David. David going down to that brook and he chose five smooth stones to fight against Goliath. Those five smooth stones that would get them through that time of challenge. We talked about being faithful. That if we were going to make it through these six years and we didn't know how long it was going to be, we would have to be faithful. And so many of you have been faithful. You have just stuck with it through hard times, through times of questioning, through times that you wondered, are we going to make it? You stuck with it. Sometimes in just very little things like making sure that that trailer was there every week. But that little thing was absolutely huge. We're going to have to continue to be people who are faithful. We talked about being flexible. This stone cannot go away. We always, always, always have to be flexible. Here's some, here's some news. Okay, when, when we started here 20 years ago, there are a lot of things that changed. Music changed. Methods of doing children's ministries changed. And if we get the chance to be a part of this for 20 more years and 30 more years and 50 more years, it's going to change again. And it's going to keep changing if we want to continue to speak the language of our culture we were flexible during this season. We were great. Some Sundays you didn't know where we were going to meet until it was time to meet. You were flexible along the way. Um, focused. Focused. Always remembering why we're here. We're not here for us. We're here for them. We're here for them. And we keep our eyes on that, that we're here for them. We're here to see more people come to Christ. More than ever, as we move into that place, it would be easy for us to lose our focus, to forget that this building is not for us, 
This building is to see more people come into the family of God. Fearless, fearless, not afraid, not afraid to try it, not afraid to see what happens. I don't know what the future holds for us as believers in this country, but we're going to have to be people who stand fearless, embracing the message of Jesus Christ. And then the final one may seem strange to you if you haven't heard it before, and I made it the biggest rock of all, and that was fun, that we needed to make sure along the way we kept it fun. And if you'd been around for some different times, whether it was set up or whatever, we had our fair share of fun. More often than not, at someone else's expense. But we've had fun along the way, too. And we've got to continue to have fun. We've got to continue to make sure that there's a smile on our faces as we go along the way. So I don't know that we're going to do our own copper box. We've got to do something. Something that if they open it 100 years from now, they're able to say, what were those people all about? And I hope that as they open that box, here's the two things that they'd find. That there's a timeless message that they refuse to turn their backs on. No matter what the cost, even if it costs them their lives, they refuse to turn their backs on that timeless message. And at the same time, there was a culture that needed Jesus. And they were willing to speak the language of the culture in order to reach more and more people and bring them safely into the family of God. That's our challenge That's our challenge as we move into our new house. You're going to love our new house. This place, I mean, for the people that have had a chance to wander through to drop something off or whatever, ooh and ah goes on for quite a while. There are just so many great pieces about this. Having said that, i got to say this morning is mixed for me because I've loved being here. From the first day we stepped in here to meet with the staff and find out if they'd let us rent it, we were sitting at a table, and uh, principal was there, Chad, and a couple of the custodial staff. And I remember sitting in that, and I believe it was Chad's first year. He was pretty new. I remember sitting there, and we were talking about the possibility of moving into this place and realizing that while Chad is the principal, the people in charge were the custodians. And the custodians needed to decide whether or not they were going to let us use this place. And I, and I, I suspect they had had experiences prior to us that caused them to say, It would be a lot better to just give up the hassle, to not open the doors on Sunday morning and let those people in. But after some conversation, they said, sure, come on in. I still remember the very first Sunday walking in, walking into a hallway that was at least a third to a half bigger than the one that we had over at Bethel and going, isn't this nice? We don't have to tackle each other as we go down the hallway and we're able to use different rooms. And I had my fair share of fear, apprehension coming into this place. How are the teachers going to be about us using their spaces? What are we going to do wrong? What are we going to break? What's going to happen? Maybe along the way, they'll just say, hey, it's been nice, but it's time for you to get out of here. The relationship with the school has been phenomenal. And so there are a lot of people that we need to thank today, but I want to especially take a moment this morning to say thank you to the school. And so here's what we're going to do. Uh, We've had a banner over on their bulletin board over here, a banner that just thanks them for this season that they've allowed us to be here. We're going to be taking that and putting it out on our sign so that the public can see it. And I'd like to replace it this morning. I'd like to replace it with the piece of paper that you were handed as you came in today. So you received a piece of paper... Hopefully you have a pen. If you don't, we'll get one to you. And what I'd love for you to do is write a thank you to the school. 
Maybe there's a specific custodial staff member that you have had an interaction with you want to say thank you. Maybe you've used a classroom. You don't even know the teacher's name, but you just want to say thanks for letting us use this place. Maybe you want to thank the administration, uh, the school district, whatever. Go ahead and write a thank you. Now, you may be sitting here this morning saying, well, this is my first Sunday. Well, you know how to say thank you, don't you? You got to sit here for a half hour now. So go ahead and say thank you to them. And then this is the way this part is going to work. You're going to write your thank you note, and then you're going to bring it over to the bulletin board, and we're going to staple it up there. We're just going to cover that thing with all these, all these letters saying thank you to them. And then as you're leaving that spot, you'll walk away to take communion, and there will be four stations around the room, two up front here and uh, two in the back, and we'll have four pairs, four couples standing serving communion to you. And these are the people I'd like to do that. They all represent different eras of our church. I'd like John and Sue Beaker to be one of those pairs who've been here since prior to uh, 2000. They've been here a long, long time. Rod and Tristy, I'd like you to do that as well. Jason and Dana came right at the end, right at the end of Bethel and, and came on over to this. And then Mike and Eileen, who every time I watch their baptism, uh, video. It just makes me cry over and over again to see the life change that's taken place in them. So we're going to have them at the stations serving you communion. And basically there will be a cup, bread. You'll take the bread, dip it into the cup, and take communion. So this is going to be the most controlled chaos you've ever had for communion. It's going to be fun. That's okay. We are flexible. All right? Let's not forget that. So the servers have a moment to get there because you have to write your note. Tom's going to be playing some music for us. You'll know this part is coming toward the end because we'll start singing a song together. And so you can start drawing your way to your seat. Having said that, that song lasts about four minutes. So um, we'll, we'll go ahead and do that together. I'm going to pray and we're going to get started. Father God in heaven, thank you so much for the, your timeless message passed down to us from the apostles and prophets. Thank you for a heart that says we always want to be reaching more people for Jesus. Let us never forget that we're here to reach more people for Jesus. Speaking the language of our culture so that they can hear a timeless message. In Jesus' name, amen. Our servers, if you'd make your way over to that table, I'll show you what we're going to do. With your letter, just bring it up to the bulletin board.
Thank you for saying thank you. I mean, of all the things we need to do today, we need to make sure that the school knows how grateful we are for what they've done for us. Clearly, 
all of them are not sitting here today, so the notes on the, on the bulletin board as well as the sign going up are really going to mean a lot. And as you get the opportunity to talk around the community about the interaction that the church has had with the school and the school district, would you always speak with the highest of praise? They have been nothing, nothing but absolutely fantastic through this, time of our, this part of our journey. We're going to be collecting our offering in just a couple of moments. Before we do, let me share a couple of announcements with you. Um, we still have some furniture that needs to get painted. Uh, we, I'll tell you what, when you see this stuff, you're going to be blown away. It's so cool. If you have the ability to stroke a brush and look, make something look nice, let's put it this way. If your spouse says, why did you paint today? You probably want to do something else. But if you're one of those people that people go, oh, that was a beautiful job. We would love, we would love for you to come and help us out, get the last of the painting done. So Kim will be available, I believe, up front at the end of the service, and she'll tell you when and where uh, that painting can be done. We'll be making sure by tomorrow that if you have a volunteer assignment for Christmas Eve, you know about it. There have been a lot of different pieces going all over the place, so uh, we'll make sure that those are all in place. Uh, this tonight is the last night warehouse will be meeting. Can you believe it? Though This is their last thing. They're doing a lock-in starting tonight at 6. And then after we get moved in, they're going to be revealing a new identity and uh, starting a new season together. So I hope that you will pray especially for our students and our children over the next couple of weeks. While all of us are very excited to them, this is a pretty major transition in terms of their identity. So just keep them in mind. Uh, we want this to be a really exciting season for them too. And then, of course, Christmas Eve, 4.30 at 6. And I would just encourage you as much as possible to be flexible. We will be trying everything new that night. So uh, it may be that we say, wow, no sound. Isn't that interesting? Or, or where are the lights? Where's the light switch? Um, it's just going to be kind of fun. We're, we're breaking it in on a big night. But it's going to be a, a great time together. So as far as our offering is concerned this morning... We have been uh, working for quite some time toward what we're calling a moving day gift. And basically, our moving day gift is a way of being able to uh, purchase some extra items, things we did not intend to at the beginning, some upgrades to our uh, audio system and, and just different things for the classrooms that I'm, I'm sure that when you see them, you are just going to be blown away and amazed, and you're going to be thrilled that we did them. It's going to give us a chance in order to, especially for our guests, for them to receive a great impression, but also give us a chance to be able to serve our children, our students really well. So we've been preparing for that, and today, if you're prepared to give that, gift on either on your check in the memo area or on your envelope. If you just write moving day gift, we'll know what that is. You can actually write one check if it's for your regular giving and the other, as long as you indicate in one of those places how you want that split. So while we're collecting the offering, I want you to watch a video, a video of a song that we've come to love, Overwhelmed, because that is the sentiment of the season. I can't tell you how absolutely overwhelmed we are right now by everything that you're doing, by everything that God has done. It's just an absolutely overwhelming season, including the fact that Shelly was up until 6.30 this morning. She literally did not sleep all night, making sure that this video got completed for you. So uh, it'll give us a chance to listen to that song one more time, but just see what God has done over the last several months. And I told Daryl, Play it loud enough that if people want to sing along, they can. So I know I don't like singing when it's too quiet because people can hear me. So it's going to be up a little bit. So that if you want to sing along about how overwhelming God has been, feel free to do so. Our servers will come now and the video will begin.
All right, Sherry, one last time. Bring it up. Where are you, Sherry? How you doing, Sherry? All eyes are on you. Everybody look at Sherry. No pressure. They all want to leave. Click, click. Here we go. Do it, do it, do it. And goodbye, number one. Hello, number zero. And now all 16 weeks run away as fast as they can. Bouncing, 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 getting out of the picture. So do you know where you're going to church next week? You got the location, right? Not far from here. We look forward to seeing every one of your faces. Let's say one last prayer in this place. God, this place has been a sacred place. It has been a holy place. It has been a wonderful place to worship you and praise you. I thank you for a community that allowed us the privilege of meeting here for the past six years plus, for the interactions that we've had and for the friendships that have grown because of being able to be here together. I thank you for who you've grown us into in this place, for the way that you have taken your hands and shaped and molded a piece of clay into an image you desire. And now, God, as we step out of this place today and step forth to a new home, I pray that as that new home shapes us, that we would find ourselves, yes, influenced by that space, but more than that, that we would be influenced by you, that we would always be becoming who you desire. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You stand up, say goodbye to somebody, and have a great day.